Welcome to episode 42 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. We do not lose our civil rights when we stand behind the pulpit. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. We hear the term political engagement or cultural engagement. And uh, I would like to answer a couple questions about what the role of the pastor is in these scenarios and what the guidelines are. I think this would help a lot of us with some clear thinking so we could understand exactly uh, what is going on and what we should be doing and potentially what we should not be doing. So I just want to give uh, a couple pointers from my own experience. Number one, as a pastor, as a minister, we do not lose our civil rights when we stand behind the pulpit. The issue of free speech is so sacred and so critical uh, to all of our other liberties. And if there's one place in the whole world We ought to protect the liberty to speak what God has put on our mind, to speak the Word of God, even to talk about our own opinions, if that's what it is, from the pulpit. That is extremely critical. Once we surrender that at all, then it is a very slippery slope that we begin to go down. And so I think we need to understand that we have uh, a responsibility, even a duty, to make sure that we do not allow the government or the fear of man or anything else to persuade us to be silent from the pulpit when we need to speak. We do not lose our civil rights whatsoever when we become a minister and stand behind the pulpit. We have the liberty and the authority and the responsibility to speak about anything to anybody as long as we believe that it is related to the gospel, that we can make the kingdom connection. And when I say that as long as we believe that, I'm not talking about the government saying that's the rule. I'm saying that we should use the pulpit as the sacred desk, that we should not use the pulpit for things that we do not believe are critical to the kingdom of God, uh, that it needs to be a serious time when we're speaking, uh, that we should never be gagged at all. In other words, we should never be constrained. There should never be something we should say, I really need to speak about this, but so-and-so would be offended. Or I really need to speak about this, but somehow I believe the government would be displeased or there would be repercussions. So let's address that right away. Number one, there should be no gag rule. Now, there is this thing called the Johnson Amendment that people have used Uh, I think very uh, incorrectly to say that they are not allowed to speak about issues that are political from the pulpit. Well, let's define what political is. What is political? (laughs) Anything can be deemed political and anything can be deemed non-political. Actually, I think what makes something political is when we don't address it. I think we need to speak in terms 
of biblical, and I can hardly think of any political issue that does not reflect upon biblical truth. Now, how much time we want to spend on certain issues and how painstakingly we want to uh, draw them out, uh, that's the issue of our leadership and the conviction of our heart. But the Johnson Amendment, uh, even if it was interpreted in its strictest way by the people who are for the separation of church and state, uh, does not prohibit a person in any way from talking about things that are on their heart. Uh, I routinely, as a pastor, told people who I was voting for or what I was voting for and why I was voting for. Now, I was circumspect not to be dogmatic about it. I think there are some issues you can be painfully clear on, like the life issue. Uh, I challenge people that they should never vote for somebody who did not support life. But it was not a litmus test to be a member of the church in any way. I tried to walk people through it. I tried to teach our way through it rather than just make political declarations. And I think that's where it does get uh, a little fuzzy sometimes. Again, not from a legal standpoint, but from a uh, a leadership standpoint, when we just make political uh, statements or statements that could be taken political, when we don't slow ourselves down and say, this is why this issue is important to believers. This is why this issue is important to the Lord. This is why this issue is important to you know, preaching the gospel and the Great Commission. So point number one is we do not lose our civil rights when we stand behind the pulpit. Point number two is the supposed Johnson Amendment uh, is, is a misnomer. I want you to think about this for a minute. If there was a pastor who said, I cannot speak about something, although I know it's right because the law forbids me, Whose servant have they become? Who now is dictating to them? I remember years ago in Russia, I was asked by a very sincere gentleman. He said, I heard in America when you preach that you have to hold a flag while you preach. And I said, well, that's not literal, but it may be figurative because I think there is some folks that have their allegiance uh, a little bit confused. Now, I believe I'm an American I believe I'm a good citizen, and I believe good citizens stat- challenge the status quo. I don't believe that they are silenced uh, when unrighteous things are going on. Uh, but the point I would make about the Johnson Amendment is this, that it does not prohibit me from speaking. Several years ago, the Alliance Defending Freedom asked a number of churches if they would preach a message about a political topic relating it to Scripture and record it and give it to them, and we did. There was about six churches, I think, that did it the first year, and they turned those over to the Internal Revenue Service and said, we want you to know that uh, this is, in our understanding of your understanding, a challenge to the Johnson Amendment. And of course, nothing was done because nothing literally can be done. Uh, The Pittsburgh paper came and interviewed me about it, and they said, well, are you citing higher laws uh, because you are uh, speaking on something political? I said, no, I'm not speaking on something political. I'm speaking on something biblical. 
I am not willing to lower the standard and say that what I talked about was political. Therefore, I am free and I have authority and responsibility to speak on biblical issues. And if there's legislation or a candidate or somebody that's involved in that, I am free and I believe I have a responsibility to educate our flock so they can think right, they can believe right, they can live right, they can vote right, uh, that they can be productive Christians and productive citizens. So the whole Johnson Amendment thing is really a misnomer. The second year, uh, hundreds of churches did it. The third year, thousands of churches did it. My point is this. It's unenforceable because it's unenforceable language. Who defines what political is? I think the only people that define what political is is the pastor or the leader who will not speak on something that desperately needs to be spoken on. You know, the third point is this. Our responsibility as the church According to Apostle Paul, some of the very last words he wrote in 1 Timothy 3.15, he said, Just in case I get delayed, I'm writing to you so you will know how to conduct yourself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God. And here's how he describes it. The pillar and support of the truth. I want you to think about this. The Apostle Paul's definition of conduct inside the church of the living God was the support or the pillar of the truth. We are to be pillars of the truth. There's one thing we should be known for, and there are several things we should be known for. Obviously, we should be known for loving Jesus and loving one another and loving unlovely people. But that is a reflection on the truth because that's what the truth teaches us. Okay, so these are important concepts that we need to understand that we are the pillar of the truth. So if something is true, we ought to be addressing it. Our people should not have to rely on political commentary from outside the church to know what is right and wrong. We should be able to look at issues and legislation and political activism that affects the Great Commission, that affects the believer, that affects the church, that affects the next generation, and speak with some authority and some knowledge on those things. So, just to recap, the thing that makes political speech political actually is when we don't speak. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. It's been good to be with you today. Thanks for joining us with Leadership in Context. Today, Keith had a discussion on the rules of political engagement. The thing that makes political speech political is when we don't speak. We have a responsibility to educate our church so that they can think right, believe right, live right, and vote right, so that they can be productive Christians and productive citizens. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.